when you're looking around for new listeners, how much time do you spend thinking about the people who are already in contact with you? Today, we're going to look at how we can grow your podcast audience via your mailing list, what to do if you don't have a big list, and how to use email to deepen the relationship with your listener once they're following the show. Welcome to The Helpful Podcaster. I'm Mark Stedman, and I'm here to help you, the seasoned, soulful entrepreneur, build trust and create long-lasting, rewarding relationships with your podcast listeners. Now, Today, I'm bringing you the edited highlights of a webinar I recorded for The Helpful Podcasters community just a few days ago. In it, we got into the difference between mailing lists and newsletters, how email and podcasts fit into your marketing funnel, automating campaigns so you can email new episodes of your podcast when they drop, creating lead magnets to grow your list, and writing effective calls to action to encourage people to click play. So if you're ready, I'll hand you over to Past Mark to take you from here. So newsletters versus mailing lists then they are two different things newsletters are there to add value they are almost a product in and of themselves i've been working on a newsletter for the last six months that had that was monetized from day one because it wasn't a sales pitch for anything i wasn't really selling anything it was a hobby that was sort of aligned to the work i do and so each issue was about leading with value is effectively an extended blog And so much like a podcast is about building trust using consistency, you know, we're here every week, every two weeks, whatever it is, and people come to expect and expect our episode to drop in their podcast app. They expect the newsletter to come at a particular time. I was chatting to a friend a couple of weeks ago and she said, I noticed you hadn't sent out your latest newsletter because it usually comes at this time. And I, I know that because there's another newsletter that always comes at this time. And it's like, people do remember this stuff. They know, oh yeah, I know two o'clock on a whatever day, that's usually when this email arrives. And so that's that regular contact that's built using value. If you're putting a lot of work into your podcast and you are one person or maybe one or two, doing a whole other newsletter that, that adds value is really tricky. And if you want to do that, then I applaud you. For me, it just feels like that extra little bit of work. And so what I do is I use, which I'm going to talk about now, is I use a technique that sends an automated email effectively whenever a new episode of my podcast drops. It's sent to a very select group of people. I make it very easy for them to say, I don't want this without necessarily saying, I don't want to ever hear from you again. And we'll talk about that and why that's important. So The newsletter is that regular contact. It's that heartbeat. It's that regular sort of way of being in touch with people. And then you've got the mailing list, which is the sort of the wider, can I get in touch with you? Can I let you know about stuff? It's where you shout out about announcements. It's where you talk about special offers. If you've got a new product launch, that kind of thing. Once you've earned that trust of providing value week in, week out, or month in, month out, it's then that opportunity to say, you know what? I'm just blasting out a quick announcement because I've got a flash sale on or whatever. It's that kind of thing that the mailing list is really useful for. And the two are sort of a a subset of a wider whole, W-H-O-L-E. So email, podcasts, and your funnel. So like I said, this is all about taking someone from having never heard you to ultimately, I want to work with you. You seem like a good fit. Let's do some work together, whatever the shape that takes podcasting is no good at the bridge between no and like 
is just not set up for that because of lots of different reasons. Social media, especially the likes of TikTok and YouTube as well to a degree, Instagram Reels, they're phenomenal at that no and like bit because the algorithm can allow us to surface completely new content to people. And then over time, people see more of that stuff and then they, they begin to like you. It's not so great at building trust because it's very short form and it's very ad based and it's very sort of in your face. It's hitting that attention span thing and then moving on to the next thing. Where podcasting works phenomenally well is in that bridge between like and trust. And that's where email comes in as well, really. So that's the kind of area that we're focusing on. So we'll do, we'll talk a little bit about that stuff at the, at the beginning of that sort of know and like bit. It's the harder bit to, to crack because it means getting people to actually listen to your podcast. Once you can get people to listen to your podcast, actually that, that job becomes a lot easier because then if your content's good, if you're showing up regularly, if you're showing your expertise, then it's far easier to move people from like to trust. So let's talk about filling the sort of top of that funnel, the email. Let's talk about this very event that you're in now, right? This is one of the more better, more well attended that I've done in a while. And the way that this works is you signed up, you came to, you, you signed up through the Eventbrite link and you, you're now also on a list. You can get one of two things. You can get my updates of new episodes that are arriving each week of my podcast. I can also let you know about occasional things that I've got going on. And I give you the option if you don't need the podcast email every week because you're not interested or you're already subscribed and you don't need to know, then you can just untick the box that says subscribe me to the podcast list and you can still remain, we can still remain in touch. So what we're talking about here then is filling that email bucket with, like I said, the way we're doing it at the moment is with Zoom. You could also do it something like Crowdcast. People sign up for a Crowdcast or webinar. They give their email address. You could have a lead magnet. You can offer a download, something like that. Another way of getting their email address. Another way is when people book calls with me via Calendly, that goes into this, this list as well. And so what we're collecting here is lots of email addresses that we are effectively, we're in this sort of area of implied consent. If this makes you feel icky, then don't do it. Don't do anything that makes you feel icky. What we're talking about here is I'm regularly emailing people saying, I think we're cool. I think it's okay that I'd let you know about this new episode that I've got on my podcast because we have some contact. I don't spam people. I don't find random email addresses and scrape them. I don't recommend that anyone does. I'm not harvesting email addresses. I am taking the relationship that we already have of you as an example, you saying, I want to come to this event. I'll find out what, you know, what he's talking about newsletters, whatever that's cool. And now for me, I feel okay saying, all right, I can take that and, and say, I want to let you know about new episodes of my podcast. I want to be able to count you as a new potential listener to my show so that I can start building that relationship. I tend to find that people are fairly forgiving if you opt them into a system like that, as long as you have that prior knowledge, as long as there is some connection between the two of you, as long as they can look at that name or that email address and go, oh, I remember where that came from. As long as you can explicitly state at the bottom of your email, you signed up for this because of this, and that be true, then even if people don't necessarily want the email, I tend to find people are not actually that upset by it. What I've found when I've been looking at my own data is when people do unsubscribe and they say, you know what, I don't need a weekly update of your latest podcast episode. 
No one's marking it as spam. No one's marking it as inappropriate. They've said either they're too frequent or I think there was one person who didn't remember how they signed up. And that's, that's on me because I didn't make that relationship explicit. And there was someone else who said something similar. Just, I don't need, I just don't need this. And so I would urge you to have a look at this. There are different schools of thought on this, whether you really want to start opting people into a list without their explicit consent. And so, like I said, if it makes you feel icky, don't do it. It's, it's a line that we can, uh, that we can walk. So what we're doing here with all of this is inviting potential listeners to check out our next episode. That's what we want to do. So we can do that either by sending a manual email every week to, to the people who are on that list and say, here's my new episode. Here's some information about it. Here's how you can download it or listen to it. Or we can automate that process, which is what I do. So there's all sorts of services that will allow you to do this, meaning when a new episode of your podcast drops, an email can automatically be sent from your name, from your email address, using your email software. Services like MailChimp, MailerLite, ConvertKit, Aweber, GetResponse, Campaign Monitor, all of those support this. It's called RSS by email or email by RSS. Your podcast has something called an RSS feed. If that sounds like nonsense to you, don't worry about it. But every podcast has one. It's a file that gets updated on the internet that says, here's the information about all of the episodes. Your email software can check that every week or whenever and say, is there a new episode of the podcast out this week? Oh, yes, there is. Cool. I will email that to everyone now. And you can either email it immediately or you can say, I'm going to do it on a specific day. And so that way, it's a way that you can potentially grow your audience in a small, subtle way using those people that you've already got that sort of prior interested relationship with. What you want to do is use tags or they're called slightly different things in different pieces of software, but tags, categories, groups, lists. These are ways of categorizing people in your list to say what they're interested in. So you might have something on your website already that has a, a sign-up form, an opt-in form that says, email me about new offers or other announcements, those kind of things. Those are usually tags that you would set in your email software. And so what we're doing here is, like I said at the beginning, as someone who's come to this event, you have been added into my email bucket under two tags. One of them is the RSS feed for the podcast, meaning every week you'll get an email until you unsubscribe about a new episode of my podcast, which is about helping podcasters. And then the other one is for occasional updates. So that if there is something I want to let you know about, like, for example, the next event that we're running or a new ebook or you know a free thing or a paid thing that I'm launching, I can let you know about that. And so automatically you get added into those two tags. When you read that email, that new email that comes up that says, here's the new episode of the podcast. If you decide, I don't want this anymore, you can untick the box that says podcast and you are still in contact, but you won't get that email. And I think that's really important because that way your subscriber can signal to you, hey, I still care about what you've got to say. I'm still interested, but I'm already subscribed to the podcast, so I don't need an email every week. And I think that kind of thing is important. So you can use tags or categories or groups, as they're called in different software, to differentiate and segment out these different people. One of the things you want to make sure is if you're going to send, especially if you're going to send an automated campaign that just flies out every time there's a new episode, make sure that the subject line is unique. One of the difficulties that I'm having at the moment with the software that I use is that I can't do that. I can't base the subject line on the title of the latest episode just for an annoying technical issue. That's a problem. And you know that's not ideal because it means that it makes the emails just that more 
boring, just that bit more boring, right? Because you read that email and you see the subject line, you think, oh yeah, I've seen that already. It's a completely new episode, but if it just says, here's a new episode of the podcast, that's not really enticing. And so that's something that you really want to think about. If you're going to send an email manually, then that's not a problem. You know, you set the subject line to something that is intriguing, something that's going to invite people to, to check out the episode. And then be selective about who you send it to. I think I mentioned this earlier. I'm really quite selective about who this stuff gets sent to. I don't send this to clients. I don't send this to certain people in the industry who I have on my list, who I might want to talk to about other things. Because again, I know where I stand with this. You know, you haven't explicitly said you want to receive this. So again, for me, it's not a moral issue. I just don't want to be annoying. I just don't want to annoy people. <laughs> and so, okay, we are now talking about, we have our listeners. We have a subset of listeners. They know about us. They like us. We're starting to build that relationship now, week by week, creating value. And we now want to invite that listener to take the next step. And it might take weeks. It might take months. But it's, it's then saying, I've given you a piece of, of insight or advice, or my guest has given you some insight, and you're now thinking, oh, yeah, you know what? I really want to take the next step. I want to actually figure out, I want to buy from this person, work with this person, figure out if there's a good fit for us to work together. So how can we strengthen that relationship and make that process as easy as possible? And so we're going to do that with calls to action, really, in within the podcast itself. So that's where we're moving to now. And it's ways that we can gather more email addresses. And it's also ways that we can get explicit consent from people to say, I'm happy for you to tell me about some stuff that you've got going on. So that stuff that you've got going on could be a special event that's coming up. It could be that you've got a lead magnet that, that you want people to check out and download, which might put them into an email nurture sequence. Or it could be that you want to invite them to leave a voice message as a way of getting that first interaction going, getting that first spark of, changing from a parasocial relationship to a uh the opposite of that <laughs> you know changing from a relationship which is off balance to one where actually yes they're hearing from you but now you're starting to hear from them so inviting the listener to take the next step like i said you can do this this could be an email nurture sequence it's again we're talking about automation so this could be the listener downloads something that you've recommended you know a, a guide or a workbook and i've got a full list which i'll show you in a minute of these kinds of things that that, that we can offer not everyone loves the term lead magnets and i can understand why because it feels a little bit salesy but it is just how can we offer something that is useful and valuable in exchange for an email address and so once you've got that you might then put them into an email nurture sequence. It could be a, an email once a day or once a week that's on this particular sequence that, that guides them through a particular process. Or it could be that you just send them a short manual email. You know, once they've downloaded a thing and checked it out, maybe a few days later, you can just send them a little email to say, how are you getting on with this? Have you got any questions? Do you want to have a chat? When it's informal and ultimately when it's very short, and especially when it has quite obviously come from your computer or your phone and does it doesn't carry a bunch of chrome it doesn't have an unsubscribe link because you've sent it as a human not as a robot that can be really really useful because it's so human um, because it shows you've actually taken the time to do it now yes you can automate it but i think that it's so much better to be able to just drop a quick email say hey i noticed you downloaded this thing maybe even depending on the volume that you that you get you might consider finding out a little bit about them. Can you go spelunking through the web and find out like Googling their name or, or Instagram handle or whatever? 
can you find out a little bit about them just for a moment and think, okay, what language would be useful here or whatever? If you've got the time to do that, that kind of thing can be really useful. It's just that human touch again to say, thanks for downloading this thing, whatever that thing is. Thanks for engaging. Let's have a chat. When it comes to your episode, then let's think about how we're going to encourage people to take that action then. And so that is our call to action. We want to make this really simple, really nice and clear. Be clear about the benefit that we're going to give the listener in exchange for their email address. Remember that this is a long-term relationship that we're building. It's like dating. We don't want to go straight to, hello, I'm Mark, let's touch butts. We want to go to the next logical step of let's have dinner and let's, you know, let's see if we like each other. And then, you know, yeah, yeah you, you get it. That's what we want to do. And so when we're talking about this next step, this next sort of follow on, whether it's the email nurture sequence, whether it's a friendly email, it's not about jumping in, lunging in straight away for the sale. It's about taking that next step to seeing, are we a good fit? So let's actually talk about the kinds of things that you can offer in exchange for that, that email address and that explicit consent. Again, we're actually saying to people, yes, I want your email address and I want you to consent. I want you to say you're happy for me to send you a follow-up email or whatever. And so you do that through a form on your website. So if you're offering a lead magnet or a, an ebook, and it, we've got all sorts of options here, right? So we've got workbooks, cheat sheets, checklists, templates, Notion pages is a great thing. You know, if you've built, if you're familiar with Notion, you can build whole templates of, of things and you can make some pretty elaborate, useful sort of databases and Trello boards and all sorts of things that you can make that a, a listener can then just download and use and in exchange for an email address. You could send mini ebooks, audio messages. You could subscribe them to an email course, which is like a, a nurture campaign, but maybe week by week it builds and they get a particular bit of knowledge at the end of it. You could send them extended cuts of episodes. You could answer a question. So uh, there's a chap called Josh Spector who does this. Anytime someone lands on his, on his email newsletter, he sends a welcome email that says, if you've got a question, drop me an email. Uh, Todd Hargrave does this as well. If you've got a question, drop me an email and I will reply. And he does. You know, this is someone with 30,000 odd email subscribers. And he does reply. I know because I got one because I asked him a question and I got a pretty detailed, you know, it'll be like, here's some videos you can watch or here's a post or a tweet thread that I wrote about this and all that kind of stuff. And it's, again, it's just a way of him showing his, his authority, but also building that trust and bringing me just that little bit closer to, towards working with him. And it, it works. But there's other things, you know, you might invite people to, to a community. You might show them behind the scenes of how you make a particular thing for those few true fans who are really into what it is that you offer. You can have a Spotify playlist. You know, there's a co-working space that I go to and they have a music to work by Spotify playlist uh, that they offer as part of their email newsletter. You can offer discounts to products that you have or a free trial for something. So there's lots of different things that you can offer. And then all it is, it's just a matter of having a page on your website or using your email software's landing page facility, build a landing page, point people to it, collect their email address, collect their explicit consent to say, yes, after receiving this download, I am okay with you further contacting me. And then tag them and, 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 they go into your CRM, they go into your workflow to say, okay, now we've got a relationship we can follow up on. Now we've got that consent. Let's, you know, if they've downloaded a workbook, let's check back in a few days and see how they got on. 
that kind of thing, an email nurture campaign is really good for. Delay the email campaign so that after seven days or however many days after they've downloaded the workbook or the cheat sheet or the checklist, you can say, how did you get on with this? Give me a shout if you want to chat about this. If you just want to book in 15 minutes to have a chinwag, here's my calendar link. Boom, done. It's fairly effortless to set up. And it is just that, that next way of moving people along. So let's have a look at some tools and tech then. So I recommend MailerLite. That's who I use. But like I said at the beginning, there's all sorts of options. Aweber, Campaign Monitor, MailerLite make this stuff really, really easy. It's very easy to create an RSS-based campaign so that my emails automatically go out when an episode is out. It's very easy to create nurture campaigns so that when people download a particular thing, I can then bring them into this sort of nice campaign to say, okay, well, if they're tagged like this, then send them this email, wait a few days and then send them this email. And then once they've hit the end of the sequence, I can tag them as completing that sequence and all sorts of lovely things that that give me a fair amount of control. But ultimately the emails that come out are simple, they're clean, and they're all very easy to write and easy to design. And that's really important for me because the likes of, of MailChimp and, and so many of these others like Drip and send grid like there's quite a few of these now that that are a bit they can be a bit unwieldy and a bit clumsy or a bit sort of cumbersome and what i like about MailerLite is it just makes that process really quite simple it's kind of just old school web app like we used to have and so that's why i like it and 19 bucks a month um you can use a lot of it for free except the rss campaign but you actually get quite a lot for free and as far as i've seen so far the open rates are pretty good, which means they're not going into people's spam. Yeah, I like it. MailerLite is what I would recommend, but other services are available. And then Zapier is something that you can consider, which is mostly free, asterisk, the asterisks aren't important right now, but that's the glue that, that binds certain services together. So if you want to use email software that doesn't support a, an RSS campaign, for example, if you're using Ghost, so Ghost is a really lovely CMS content management system that's really great for newsletters. And it's also great for blogs. It started off as a blogging platform and they've sort of migrated it to be a little bit like Substack, except Substack without the Nazis. And so what you could do with Zapier is you could say, when a new episode of my podcast comes out, put all those details into a new post in Ghost and then that post in Ghost will get emailed out to all of your subscribers. So if you're using something like Ghost or Substack, I think possibly as well, you can do that using Zapier or Zapier. Here's a really important thing, and I, I think sometimes overlooked, is use your email signature. Add a link to the latest episode. Some hosting companies, depending on how your website is built, you may be able to go to yourdomain.com slash latest and it will redirect to the latest episode of your podcast. Or you could use a service like pod.link. This is a wonderful service. It's completely free. You type in the name of your podcast and you get a super short URL. The, the destination of which is a very simple page, which has your podcast name, your artwork, your description, and a bunch of buttons to subscribe to your show. It's just simple white page, great for mobile. It's perfect. So it's the kind of thing that you can pop at the bottom of your email signature, just your normal office email, Gmail signature, whatever, and say, hey, check out the latest episode of our podcast. That stuff works. It, it does. And so I, I would recommend it. You know, maybe uh, you've got, you, you know, take care or kind regards or thanks a lot. And then your name. And then underneath it says, P.S., check out the latest episode of the podcast. And then that links through to your pod dot link. Don't underestimate the power of that stuff. Um, so when it actually comes to the content of your email. So, again, we're talking about going back to 
letting people know about your podcast. We're talking here about, I've got a new episode of the podcast. I want to let new people know about it so that they're enticed to check it out. As much as I was saying earlier, this is good for people who don't know about your show. It's also a useful reminder for people who do. I've sort of neglected to mention that, but this is absolutely true. I speak to people every week who they know I've got a podcast. They know all about it. They're probably subscribed, but the email serves as a really good reminder. So, you know, don't sleep on it that way either. It's not just about how can we bring new people in. It's also about how can we remind people, especially if they've got lots of shows that they're subscribed to, how can we just nudge them a little bit and say, hey, this episode this week, I think you should check it out. That's what we're talking about here with some of the, the writing tips. So write emotively rather than descriptively. This goes for your show notes. It goes for anything that you do, really anything that you do. <laughs> Anytime you've got to write any kind of copy about the creative work that you do, it's very easy to write. On this episode of the Blah podcast, we spoke to Jane Blah. Jane Blah is a commercial bloody blah person and these are the things we talked about and if that's what you do that's totally fine it makes a lot of sense that's we're describing the thing but what i haven't done in that description is tell you why you should care if i say jane blah cooks cookies for badgers and then sells them to i don't know if i give you something that makes you go what is this about or really or anything that elicits a reaction in that first sentence that is going to make you want to listen to the episode or that is the aim rather than what happened tell me how it's going to move me tell me how it's going to interest me tell me how i'm going to win as a result of listening because ultimately everything that we do is about answering that question of so what it's a very selfish and feels a very self-centered question. It can sometimes be a bit demoralizing, but once you get into that mindset of everything is about finding out how can we communicate to the listener, the potential listener, why they should care, then once you get in that mindset, I think it's hard to get out of it, but it's really valuable to get in there. So all your writing is not to do with this week we talked about this. It's actually writing something that elicits a reaction, that sets up tension, that makes us go, oh, what is that about? doesn't have to be clickbaity. Again, you know, that's not what we're trying to do here, but it absolutely is about going, ooh, <laughs> you know, that's the reaction that we want people to have. Use the listener's own language. Use the language that they already use. If they're, if they're asking the wrong question and you know that that's the wrong question, you can figure out how to steer them to the, towards the right question and the right answer, but you don't have to do that in the email. There might be a question about how can I upload my podcast to Apple? right? That's not actually a thing that happens. You don't upload a podcast to Apple. It doesn't matter, but I can mention in the email, this is how you're going to do it. And then I can talk in the podcast about you actually do it through this way. And it, but what's important is I'm using the language that my listener uses. Short, impactful paragraphs. I think I mentioned this earlier. One to two sentences per paragraph, nice bit of space between each paragraph. Sentences nice and short. There's a web app called Hemingway, HemingwayApp.com, I believe, one M in Hemingway. And, or if you just Google Hemingway app, you will find this. And it's a very simple tool that will take in a bunch of text and it will give you a reading age. It's in American grades, which means nothing to me, but you sort of start to get the gist of it after a while. But what it's really useful for is showing you where you can simplify your language. And if you can write for someone who's distracted, that means there might be in a, in, in, a, in a supermarket queue, there might be at the GP, the doctor's office waiting to be seen. They're sort of quickly scrolling through emails. If you can write quickly and simply and succinctly, then that is really useful. 
write as yourself, write as you speak as much as you can. You don't need to use formal language. You're a human being. Your podcast is you being a human being. Communicate to your listener, communicate to your subscriber as a human being, and they'll appreciate you for it. And then use an outcome-based call to action. So listen now to improve your whatever. Listen now to reduce your BMI. (laughs) Listen now to get a healthier diet. Listen now to stop smoking. Instead of just listen now, download now, check out the latest episode, try and write a call to action at the bottom of that email that says why you should listen. You can only do that for the most part if you're writing a manual email. But there are other ways that you can work around that. You know, there's a chap called Alan Wick who on his website has, I think it's contact me to improve your business. So it's not just contact me or get in touch or book a call. It's do the thing so that you can do the thing. And so if you can get that in your call to action in your email, then so much the better. And that's it. Now, there's an extra 10 minutes of questions from the audience that join me for the webinar. So if you want to find out if your question was answered or watch the full replay, you can join our free community space at thehelpfulpodcaster.com slash join. Thanks for listening. And let's do this together. <laughs>